Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Then go over to morbidlybeautiful.com as we are now part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network. Santa Claus tonight, you better run, boy. You better run for your life. But Mother Superior is Santa Claus. Now I have another reason to hate Christmas. Now that hell is full, I wonder where you will go. The caller is in the house. The calls are coming from the house. You're my family now. But if you're bad boys and girls, your name goes in the bad boys and girls book, and I'll bring you something horrible. Yes, Virginia. There is a Santa Claus. The All-American Spook Show Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the All-American Spook Show Podcast. I'm Josh, and I'm joined here with the Professor Smoke. What's up? And Tiana. Hey. Uh, Will couldn't be with us. Donnie may or may not join us a little bit later on. He's uh, busy at the moment, but there's a chance he might drop in. But if you never hear him, then uh, you know what happened. He just never showed up. But we, we do, in his place, kind of, have a special guest. Now, th- this being Christmas Day, we figured it would be a nice way to celebrate the holidays and bring someone on the show. We, so we ran a contest last month, and uh, we randomly drew a winner, and the winner ended up being our guest, our co-host today, Mr. William Beauvais, who's a uh, gothic horror author, we've learned. And uh, nice to have you on here, William. Thank you guys so much. It's great to be on here. It's a lot of fun. I've always wanted to be on a podcast, on a horror podcast, and co-host. I would love to be a, uh, a horror show host in the future along with my uh, gothic horror author career. That'd be fun. Like do stuff like Vincent Price does or now, did. I think there are some kind of people that kind of have their own YouTube channels, right? They, you know, they find like public domain movies and just kind of host them themselves. On yeah, I, I think they do too. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. That, that's something we've never dove into here on the show as far as, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about Joe Bob Briggs off and on and stuff like that. You know, we, I we, love we, Joe Bob. Yeah, I think everybody does, right? But uh, mm-hmm. we, we've talked off and on about it, but we've never really, like, dove into, like, we should actually give it a try or something like that, you know, just for fun or something. But um, You should. That'd be so cool. Uh, what, what, is, what exactly is your background? Like, what kind of, what kind of stuff? I mean, I know uh, Gothic Horror author, but, like, what kind of books? What, what are some examples of some stuff that people might could find from you? Um, I love vampires very much. They're my favorite supernatural. And Gothic Horror is uh, literature that is or relates to um, Mysterious to Grotesque or the Desolate and also um, uh, has features of love and true love, death, the supernatural, and, and elements of nature. Um, it's uh, features a lot about the the beauty and the aesthetic of a crumbling castle, a um, a lonely field with a withered tree, um, things that would bring up into the imagination and the soul, haunting things and things coming out of graves and um, disembodied strange sounds in the woods at night under a full moon or in a uh, a spooky cemetery that is a, like off the beaten path or a hidden one with uh, undead things crawling out of it coming to get people. That that would uh, be a proper description of some gothic horror for sure. <laughs> oh, thank you. What would uh, be your personal uh, favorite uh, authors, I guess, or, or works? I love Edgar Allan Poe. Almost everything by Edgar Allan Poe. And Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is my favorite gothic horror novel. I love Dracula. Love Bram Stoker's Dracula. 
but Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is my absolute favorite. And um, some works by Lord Byron. I don't care for Byron as a man. He was horrible. But some of his poems and his works are really cool. And John Keats and Wordsworth and Tennyson and Blake. Excellent. Yeah. Well, if you're going to pull some examples of some good stuff, there, <laughs> you went straight to the top. That's for sure. <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe is why I'm a gothic horror author. I, uh, when I was six years old, I read Mosque of the Red Death over and over and over. And I sat back in spellbound wonderment at Poe's style of symbolism and allegory and illustration. And it woke up my soul to who I was and what I was to do. And it said, this is for you. This is who you are. And I, I said to it, you know, to the inner monologue, which everybody has, um, how I, I don't know how to do this. And it said, let me show you. And I've been following it ever since. I guess we can go ahead and uh, we'll let you say what you chose for us to watch today. And then we'll get into some uh, other background stuff. So, Go ahead and uh, tell everybody what you uh, what you chose for us. I chose a Tales from the Crypt episode, one of their um, uh, Christmas episodes that I love the most called All Through the House, which features an escaped lunatic from a uh, an asylum for the criminally insane who is stalking the nearby area and chopping up uh, housewives and mothers. And he just so happens to come across a, a mother who just killed her husband because she wanted the insurance money because she can't stand him. And so she phones her lover and with the, uh, the uh, financial information in hand is all happy and excited and says, I I've done it. He's dead. We can be free now that her daughter, her only child is waiting for Santa. This lunatic is dressed as Santa carrying around an ax out in the blizzard outside and just happens to come to her house. Yeah, as soon as you pulled this episode, I, I instantly knew this was going to be awesome because uh, this probably is one of my top five or so favorite episodes of Tales from the Crypt. Like, I, you oh, know, yeah. it's one that I always remember when I think about Tales from the Crypt, the series. This is one of the episodes I always, you know, kind of think of. So I think it's a, uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll get into it a little deeper here in just a second. But before we get into all that, we want to remind everybody out there to go to aaspookshow.com that's we call that the center of the spook show universe from there you can go listen to our past podcast archives um you can also get go to our youtube channel from there every month on our youtube channel we have hammer horror in order where we go through the hammer horror films of uh horror and their thrillers in the order in which they came out so we've been slowly going through that and we're actually recently uh catching up on a few that for whatever reason we skipped like I had a I had a list running of of hammer horror and thrillers, and for whatever reason these didn't make that list. So like we have to go back and kind of as an addendum uh, throw those in there. So uh, this month we'll actually be watching the Snorkel from 1958, and uh, so that's always a lot of fun. We also have Video Vortex where we we talk about movies that would have basically went straight to video, and we also have Grindhouse Gutter which. We uh, talk about uh, movies that would have played in the grindhouses and drive-ins and, you know, the B-movies, those type of nice. movies. We do that over there. So all that can be found on our YouTube channel. Uh, also over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Show. Every month you get a video mini-sode if you become a patron. And you also every month get uh, one that we don't like doing, but the, the fans love listening to it, Crapster Peace Theater, where uh, every <laughs> month we put up a poll. It's... it's uh, four or five of the, the crappiest movies we can think of. You guys vote for it. And then we are, sub whatever wins we're subjected to watching it that month. So this month we actually, uh, just this past Friday, uh, the latest episode was Kirk Cameron saving Christmas. Oh God. 
<laughs> it was it was not fun. So, uh, and the the uh, current poll, uh, which I'm blanking on, uh, is out now. I'm not even going to go through it because I don't have it in front of me. But the current poll is out there now, so you can go to our socials and other ways to vote for it, and then we'll watch that towards the end of January. So, with all that out of the way. I guess we'll go ahead and dive into it. There, there really isn't a trailer for this, right? Because it's an episode of Tales from the Crypt. This is also a first here on the Spook Show, right, uh, Professor, where we're actually talking about an episode of a television show because historically we've always talked about either a particular subject or a movie. So True, this- yeah. Well, this will be the first time for <laughs> reviewing a TV, uh, separate television episode. Yeah, I mean, we, we've probably done TV movies, but not, not, TV, not a television episode yet. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think what Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, or wasn't that the yeah, name of it? Yeah, that was a TV movie. And, there, and it seems like there's been a couple others. And we did a fan film once, the uh, Never Hike Alone. Mm. Uh, so that kind of counts, right? But otherwise, no, we've never done like just a single episode of a, a TV show. So if nothing else. Unless you want to count <laughs> the, uh, well, the Troma's uh, Doggy Tales, which was supposed oh. to be sort of TV. <laughs> Thankfully, never got turned into a TV series. We, we don't want to talk about that. it's the thing that single-handedly killed traumatic experience over on youtube but if you want to go check it out it's there um (laughs) so yeah william that was a good call on this one just because it introduces something new a tv episode so uh, oh thank you first time won't be the last for sure so yeah Hmm. i guess we'll we'll go ahead and get into some of the background information here this was uh episode two Mm -hmm. of the first season of tales from the crypt and it actually from what i can tell it actually aired the first three episodes actually aired all on the same day uh episode one two and three aired on june 10th of 1989 there on hbo and it was the first episode was the man who was death then there was this second episode and all through the house and then there was the third episode dig that cat he's real gone Mm mm-hmm and the first episode was directed by Walter Hill. The third episode was directed by Richard Donner. But this episode that we're here to talk about today was directed by Robert Zemeckis. So you kind of had an all-star lineup there to kick off Tales from the Crypt, right, with uh, these three guys. Oh, yeah. Have y'all seen, uh, before we get any further into this one, I guess who here has seen the uh, Amicus Tales from the Crypt that had uh, the same story adaptation in it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have. Uh, and that and it's been a long time ago. And from what I under, from what I recall on that one, it was it was fairly similar, but a little more. It seemed like there was a little bit more to it, right? I mean, it's been a long time, yeah. but yeah, like it was was, I believe that was nineteen seventy two or three. Could be wrong, but somewhere in there when that came out. But yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, so I can't really do a comparison side by side on it. But yeah, it seemed like there was a little bit more uh, involved in that story. Was yeah, you know that they, they kind of pared things down for this to make it. Nice and tight, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the source of this is actually the Vault of Horror issue number 35. Now, that that goes back to the old EC Comics, but that's what the Tales from the Crypt were, right? The old EC, EC Comics series. They had a Vault of Horror, they had Tales from the Crypt, separate but same type of subject matter, but yeah. Yeah, there were, there were a number of different kind of books that went, you know, uh, in EC Comics. It was like the Crypt of Terror, the Haunt of Fear, a bunch hmm. of other ones. But this one was adapted from the Vault of Horror issue number 35. So uh, Lord knows how much that, that comic is probably worth these days, but <laughs> probably not. Probably. Yeah. It's probably quite a bit and it, it it would be cool to track it down and have it, you know, if you're, if you're into such things, but uh, it's probably an expensive one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, <laughs> this, this was directed by Robert Zemeckis, but it was actually written by Fred Decker and Fred Decker. And, and of course, <laughs> Stephen Dodd too, but Fred Decker, he uh, wrote, uh, 
um, another one that we've done here on the on the Spook Show before, The Monster Squad. Mm-hmm. That's a great movie. Yeah. He also, uh, yeah. I mean, he's done tons of other good stuff. I mean, he did RoboCop 3, The Predator, you know, the one from 2018. And uh, then mm-hmm. he actually wrote Night of the Creeps in 1980. Mm-hmm. So the same great uh, movie too. came out. He had done that. So, yeah, he, he's uh, got quite a resume. Oh, yeah. Zemeckis did uh, Gremlins, too, didn't he? On the first Gremlins? Uh, well, I think that was Joe Dante that directed it, but Zemeckis probably had something to do with it, right? A producer, or writer, or something like that. Yeah, might have been producer. Uh, Zemeckis, though, I mean, he's mostly named, you know, the bigger stuff that he's had his hands on will be like Forrest Gump, Back to the Future, Contact, uh, that Denzel Washington film, uh, Flight. So, I mean, he's had a long, long story career as a producer, director, writer, you name it, that dude's done it, right? Um, oh, yeah. And I think he was a producer on this as well, right? Like, I think Tales from the Crypt, this whole series that was on HBO was kind of, uh, he was one of the catalysts yeah. of that. Yeah. Without, so. without having the whole history of, uh, you know, how Tales from the Crypt came to be. But it start, this particular episode stars John Kayser, Mary Ellen Trainer. And Larry Drake. Now, Larry Drake, remember, he was in uh, Dr. Giggles. Yeah. <laughs> that we did. We did that episode just last year. So that's another one you can pull from the archives. Unfortunately, he 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 passed away sometime like what? It was in the 90s or something, right? He kind of died young, I think. No, no, it was 2016. I'm, I'm sorry. I was wrong about that. But like it, it always seemed like to me like Larry Drake was one of those kind of underappreciated guys that when you look back, you kind of like, yeah, this dude was was really good. You know, a oh, lot yeah. of the stuff that he, I, I, I'll tell you, you see it in this and you see it obviously in Dr. Giggles too, man. I mean, he was, he nailed the aesthetic of just raving lunatic, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, he, uh, he had some, he had a charisma for that type of role. <laughs> yeah. Because like, well, I, he barely says anything in this episode, right? I think uh, up until the very end where he says like naughty or nice. I think it's yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. yeah. At that, the very end. Yeah. That that's might be, such a great. That might be his only line, right? I think. Other than yeah. that, he just kind of grunts and does like a sinister, evil chuckle. Yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty much it. So, but that being said, though, I mean, you know, lunatic. He he had it nailed. So he was perfect at that. Oh, um, completely. <laughs> uh, it also has Marshall Bell as uh, the husband. You know, who gets the? Uh, oh, I was going to say the axe, but he gets the poker and then the axe. Um, <laughs> And then uh, uh, Lindsay Whitney Berry plays uh, Carrie Ann. And, mm-hmm. then, and then there's an uncredited role from John E. Coates as uh, the voice of a police officer. I guess that was on the phone or something like that. But that's it as far as the cast is concerned. But obviously, I mean, it's only like a, what, 25 minute or so episode of Tales from the Crypt. So it's not going to have a deep uh, cast oh, yeah. there, you know. Um, it's not super long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yum, yum. It's time for a tasty and refreshing snack. We promise to satisfy your hunger, your thirst, your sweet tooth. So visit our refreshment center now. Let's go. For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So hop on over to audible.com, type in Tales from the Crypt to see what will pop up, and what do you know, we have a few things. We've got... Tales from the Southern Fried Crypt. <laughs> Southern, <laughs> Southern Fried Horror Tales, book two. So apparently there's at least two of these things. 
um, by Ronald Kelly, and that one's just over five hours long there on Audible. Uh, let's see, a couple of these are podcasts. So we're not going to mention those, but there is a, another one that pops up with it called Dark of the Moon Inn by George Czar. That one is almost three hours long. So if any of that floats your boat, you can go try any of those out and get your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash spookshow for your free audiobook. So I'm going to hop back over to imdb.com, click on plot summary to see what they put up there. And what do you know? I mean, for an episode of a, uh, of a TV series, there's actually two on here. I'm kind of surprised by that. You've got the one sentence one. A greedy woman makes the mistake of murdering her husband while an escaped mental patient dressed in a Santa Claus outfit is on the loose. That that pretty aptly describes what's going on here. But, <laughs> yeah. but there has to be a longer one, of course. And this one was submitted by Claudio Carvajal on IMDb. On Christmas Eve, a mother controls the anxiety of her little daughter, Carrie Ann, for Santa Claus and puts her to bed. Then she comes to the living room and kills her husband, hitting his head with a fireplace poker, expecting to receive his life insurance and stay with her lover. While she is dumping his body on the yard, the dangerous patient of a mental institution dressed like Santa Claus attacks her, but she succeeds to escape and lock the door. However, she is unable to call the police, and since the body of her husband is in the front yard, out of the blue, Carrie calls her mother with an unexpected guest. <laughs> yeah, so there, so there you go. I, mean, I think, you know, as far as like going through the blow by blow of the episode, I think you got to start right from the beginning, and that's the Crypt Keeper himself, right? Like, like I said, this is the second episode, so this is you know, one of the early iterations of the Crypt Keeper. And he, ended, he did end up looking a little different from what I recall, right? Like this version of the Crypt Keeper versus say a couple seasons later looks a little yeah. different. Yeah. He had an evolution all, all through the, uh, the seasons yeah. and up to the end. I always loved it too. When you get actually see it kind of full body Crypt Keeper, yeah. and you see him walking <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Like, in, uh, I think Bordello of Blood. And yeah. Demon Knight, <laughs> we actually we actually did Demon Knight uh, last year here on the podcast, and that was a that was a lot of fun. And that it, is a great movie. Yeah, it, it, it had been a while since I saw it, and I just forgot how uh, how fun that <clears> was. <throat> so that was a good one to to go back on. Oh yeah, I actually met Billy Zane in in real life at the first uh, uh, horror con I went to in Fort Wayne, Indiana, called DeadCon. Hmm. I. I was just mesmerized. I almost didn't have words. I all I could almost do was look at him. I felt so bad. I felt so dumb. So I wanted to, I wanted to talk to him, but and he didn't have much time. But I didn't get to say what I wanted to. Oh man, he he, he, he really <laughs> he really eats it, eats it up and hams it up in that movie too, man. Like he's full Billy oh, Zane yeah. in that movie. <laughs> he celebrates his enjoyment of being a villain really, really well. Yeah, yeah. It, it, <laughs> And it shows in the performance. I mean, he, he was really, uh, he was really in on it for sure. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, you get the Crypt Keeper Santa right there at the, at the beginning. And then, you know, he, as per usual, the, the Crypt Keeper's bit was to be the host, so to speak of the story. Cause that's what it was. Oh, yeah. It was an anthology series. So every episode was different. So he, mm -hmm. he introduced the story and then you'd see him again at the end as the outro. So that's what the Crypt Keeper's job was. So here as usual, he's giving his one liners, right. And, Dressed like Santa, and away we go. Um, oh yeah! How about right from the beginning where she just hit, hits her husband upside the head, or yeah, that's her husband, right? Uh, hits her husband <laughs> in the head with the fire poker. He's like, "Give it to me! I want the poker! Give it to me!" And then she comes up, <laughs> bam! Just right in the right in the skull. And she's trying to get it out and slams his face into the uh, yeah. the coffee table a couple times before it comes out. <laughs> I, I also love too where the the daughter comes downstairs and. 
uh, <laughs> she says something to him and he, obviously he's dead. So he's not going to say anything to her, but, uh, the body doesn't fall. You know, it's, it, it's comedic, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's kind of halfway there. And then like, it's about to fall and then it stops as she's looking. And then when she turns away, it fall, that's when it falls, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the look on his face right before the body falls it's almost like he's going to say something yeah. but he doesn't you know he's dead and he can't but you almost expect him to yeah and i think he's cross-eyed <laughs> or something too right he's just like <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and then uh what does the daughter say how come dad didn't say goodnight to- oh no or is it stepdad i think or yeah, yeah. how come how come did she call him by name didn't say goodnight say- <laughs> goodbye to him yeah. Or good night. How come he didn't right say now. anything to me? Just go upstairs, honey. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's what at the point where he falls, right? Yeah. I also, the little girl doesn't seem to like him too much. Now, well, no, I mean, no. you know, stepdad. I'm sure there's a whole uh, story that you're not seeing there, right? You know, the whole stepdad dying oh, yeah. and all that stuff. They only got so much time to flush everything out, so let's just move it along, kind of thing. But I do like though that like she wraps his head up in like cellophane with a mm-hmm. with a, a bow, like you know, like wrapping up the Christmas present. <laughs> drags him outside and she's about to toss his body down a well. And then he wakes up now. All right. How is this even possible? Right? Like this dude took a fire poker to the skull. Is it even possible that he could come back? I don't think so, but he did. And then, but then he kind of falls over, right? Like before, cause it's before she eventually takes the ax, you know, that's the whole anticipated thing where she goes and gets the ax and misses it twice, but then squares, mm-hmm. it up, you know, the, the the funny thing I, I found about that though is that like sh- the cops call right, they kind of kind of call out of the blue to warn her that this mental asylum guy has broke out, and then it takes her. I, I feel it takes her too long to realize that. Wait a minute, she could use this to her advantage, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's afraid at first. Yeah, like she, I'm thinking, like oh, she's got the perfect alibi. This dude, you know, there's an escaped mental patient, but it takes her way too long to come to that same conclusion, you know. Mm-hmm. She was so worried about finding out. Yeah. Also, w- wouldn't the daughter, all that noise and shit where the, you know, the, the guy, the, the, the psycho Santa shows up and he's chasing her around. She's screaming. I, I'm pretty sure they slammed the door a couple of times. He crashes through all that stuff before, before she wakes <laughs> up. Wouldn't she hear any of that? You would think. <laughs> oh, she definitely would. She may have been like too afraid to move or maybe she was just dead asleep. I don't maybe. <laughs> She she must have slipped her like some coma medicine or something. I don't know. She was she was out of it. You would you would think that she would have heard some some of that, surely. But oh, no. yeah. the well, breeze from the open window. Christmas Eve, right? And you know, you're anticipating your kid. You're anticipating Santa Claus, so you're probably not sleeping too well. Any noise you hear downstairs, you're like oh, Santa Claus, you know stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and th- didn't it end up being like some subtle noise that did wake her up though? Yeah, it was the ladder, right? Yeah. Him coming no, up the no, oh, it was yeah. him. Just fell over. The umbrellas fell she off. Had him, she had to open the door. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, door so that's what wakes her up, and not the screaming and slamming doors and <laughs> <laughs> crashing through a window and everything. But no, that that's what did it. It's surprising. <laughs> I guess it just wasn't a proper time in the story for her to wake up just yet. So how convenient. <laughs> Oh, and they, 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 a little bit. I love how they uh, they announce she doesn't hear any of that because that's when she's dragging her husband's body outside to throw it in the well. So mm-hmm. we hear her, but she doesn't know it yet, you know, <laughs> until he pops up in the yard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I like that little device. It's kind of a uh, just sort of reminds me of that's that's something that comes from the comic book, kind of sort of you know that sort of uh, 
you know, the viewer or the listener, the the reader, if it's a comic book or whatever, is in on something, whereas the person in it's not, you know, yeah, yet yeah. at that point gets revealed to them later type thing. And I think that's one thing oh, they yeah. always did well throughout the Tales from the Crypt TV series was holding true to that comic book vibe, you know, yeah. with the Crypt oh, Keeper. definitely did. Yeah, the Crypt Keeper intro and outro, the, you know, just like in the comics and uh, the way the stories would play out would always be kind of comic booky, you know, to to not have a better way to put it, you know, so th- they always yep. kept that, that vibe going of just remember, this is from a comic book, you know? And the, and the theme song, you can't forget. I mean, it's a, it's a very iconic song. Every time you hear oh, it, you yeah. know exactly, you know, that, that melody or whatever. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> iconic. You know, they, they really captured that vibe too with uh, uh creep show, which I guess that was a uh, based on yeah. it's, it's, it's at least based on a comic, right? But I think that was a comic series too, right? <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah. That was all Stephen King and Romero story yeah. at least definitely definitely uh, influenced by EC Comics. Yeah, but essentially, like you know, you go throughout the episode here of uh, uh, the psycho trying to get in the house, um, and she's fighting him off, and then eventually she she's fairly successful at kind of fending him off until he he gets a ladder and then goes up, and then the daughter lets him in the house. And mm-hmm. That's kind of the closing line is uh, the daughter is is holding Santa's hand because she just thinks he's Santa Claus, right? She doesn't know he's a you know raving lunatic. Oh, yeah. Axe killer. She's holding his hand like, look, Santa's here, mom. And then she's like, oh, God, no. And then he says, naughty or nice, you know, and then that's. Yeah. That, that's that the little girl's like, and I let him in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh shit. You know, that's kind of the way you leave it. And then you get the outro with the Crypt Keeper. So yeah, that, that is a, an awesome episode. Um, it, like I said before, it's one of my favorite episodes of that, of that one, you know, uh, and, and I'm almost dead positive. I could be wrong. I mean, because I was young, I was nine years old when this debuted. I'm almost positive. I watched it the night that it came on. Cause I remember sitting there watching like a little, the, the all three episodes like the run of them now obviously nine years old i shouldn't have been watching this but but i remember <laughs> i remember sitting there watching this i'm almost positive of it unless i just saw it a year or two later and i'm just thinking wrong but i'm telling you i think i was watching this when it came out you know in, there in june of 89 but yeah good pull uh by you william uh oh thank you wonderful wonderful episode and it's cool to get a, a, an episode of a tv show on here for sure nice nice christmas day treat for the listeners. Oh yeah. Um, and it's so funny too, with all the dark comedy. Oh yeah. Well, that was another thing that they, they always did well with, uh, tales from the crypt, you know, the, the dark mm-hmm. comedy, the jokes and everything. It, it, it never stopped, you know? So I think that was one of the, the char- more as morbid as it is, right. The more charming aspects of the series was that dark humor, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And you could always count on it from the crypt keeper too. Like you knew the jokes were going to be bad, yeah. but there were so, funny they were just so fun and entertaining he's essentially delivering like cheap dad jokes but it's just the fact that it came from the you know the crypt keeper and the way he would deliver it like they would deliver it with him and everything like it just made it you know dumb jokes it made them good you know (laughs) yeah it did um so what we do is we give a star rating. i know it's not we're not comparing it to movies it's an episode of a tv show but we, we give a star rating so we go zero through five five being the best zero being the worst um so since you're the guest, William, we'll let you go first. Like uh, zero to five, how many stars would you give it? I'll say five, completely five. As far as for what this is, I'm not going to argue it. Tiana, what do you what do you say? Um, I'm going to give it a four. 
What were your What were your thoughts on? I mean, did you Did you like the episode? I mean, where, where yes, from, the, the better episodes. For, yeah, from, from what you remember. remember, from what you remember of watching Tales from the Crypt, was this one of your one of your favorite ones that you remember, or did you remember it going in and all that? Yeah, definitely remembered it. <laughs> Professor, what do you say? Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's fun. You can't. It is one of my favorites as well, and and uh, you can't really think of Tales from the Crypt without thinking of this episode. I think it's one of the one of the best, but also it's one of the most memorable. From Larry Drake, like we said, he didn't hardly say anything except at the end of the movie, but he still has such a presence as that psychotic Santa, or whatever. Even more so than the you know we, I mentioned it off the top, but uh, the Amicus uh, Tales from the Crypt that had the same story adaptation and it was good was well it handled very well but uh you know it, it, i can't even remember who played that santa in that movie and he's not terrible or anything but but just you know if you were comparing those two i think larry drake would definitely steal it you know i love this episode i give it a four just because we've never done any episodes of tv shows and this is one that i remember fondly especially of this series i'm gonna go five uh like william did i mean it, it's it's one of those ones that like it stuck with me back then for sure. I mean, like I said, if I was watching it at nine years old, it's probably scared the hell out of me, but it probably informed many years of development after that, to be honest with you. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I give it five stars and, you know, let, let the scale go from there. You know, whenever we watch more TV episodes of stuff. So uh, at some point we'll get Donnie and Will's two cents and get their star ratings. But for now, obviously we highly recommend if you've never seen this episode, yeah, we spoiled it, but we didn't ruin it. You need to experience it. You need to go check it out yourself. Unfortunately, I don't think there's too many places you can stream this series, right? You kind of have to search around a little bit if you're trying to stream it. I have it on DVD, and that's how I watched it this time around, but without buying it is what I mean. You know, like, I, I don't think it's really streaming anywhere, right? I think it's, they, um, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I think they've single episodes on YouTube. Okay, so yeah. you, you can rent them. Okay. Oh, that's mean, what I was going to say. It's, um, so you, you mean they have them for rent or you, they just have like random episodes on YouTube that you can. Oh no, they're, they're free. They're oh. chopped up. They're on there. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. I was going to say, are they the chopped up team? Remember when they used to play this on a uh, regular, uh, not oh, yeah. cable or maybe like regular, regular syndication, TV. but they cut out the gore. And of course, yeah. any other like risk it to risk things. But yeah, there was a TV cut of these. I, mean, I don't know if that's yeah. what they have on YouTube or not. You know, even this one, you know, that I watched on the DVD, like, yeah, there's some gore, but it's not massively gory. I mean, yeah, there's the fire poker to the head, right? You know, and we, I guess we can get into that in the gore score here in just a second, but that's about the only thing that comes to mind, right? Yeah, for this episode, I mean, there were some of the other ones had a little bit more gore maybe right, than yeah, this one. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, they were, I do remember it being a TV version after, way after the fact, well after it, the show had ended and it was in syndication after that. But, uh, uh, yeah, they would tone that down. Well, we don't have, uh, ironically, we do the connections from the crypt, and Donnie's not here to give them to him. This this is his chance, the, the perfect time to hear the intro and everything. This was a chance, but he's not here to give it, so we'll skip that. Although, we did point out that uh, Larry Drake was in Dr. Giggles, right? And it seems yeah. like Marianne Trainer has popped up in something that we've done at some point, surely. So there might be a connection there, and then maybe at some point we'll get Donnie to make it. But uh, and of course, Will's not here for the kill count. But let's talk about the kill reel. Highlight kill. I'm going to give out the highlight kill, and you only see one. 
right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with that. <laughs> I, right? I mean, it's that I, that I'm thinking. Yeah. It's the only time you actually see him do anything is, uh, or not him, sorry. Come to think of it now, you never see the Santa kill anybody, right? No. They just allude yeah. to it like, oh, he's an axe murderer on the loose, but you never see him do anything. Yeah, not on screen. Yeah, the, the radio report tells you that he's killed some people or whatever, and that's how he got the Santa costume. But <laughs> yeah, I just, so yeah, you I just now realized that like, you never actually see, other than you know just chasing her around, you never see him actually do anything. But uh, So the only kill is the husband getting the uh, the fire poker to the skull and then the axe to the head, which you don't see. You see it, but you don't see it happen, right? Yeah. The aftermath, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. Yeah, so that's the highlight kill. So, uh, Professor? Gore score. <laughs> yeah, that, that, uh, the gore score, and, uh, you might know this well as, as, is an homage to, uh, Chaz Balin, you know, that, that horror columnist who, uh, wrote for Deep Red magazine, Fangoria, Gore Zone, and he had his own. Uh, books and things out too. Uh, so Gore Score is an homage to Chaz. And uh, for this movie, I mean, for this TV episode, it's, uh, you know, we talked about it. It's not super gory. It doesn't have to be. It, it gets its message across and it's effective without too much gore. So uh, you can get the fire poker to the head uh, with a little bit of blood there. I mean, that, that scene is just funny and everything. It doesn't need all the, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be gory. It doesn't have to, have to show his brains coming out or anything like that. It doesn't need it because it's working off the humor and everything in that element. So, um, really that, and then the ax to the, to his head later, you don't see it. As we mentioned, you, we alluded to it. You kind of, you see him, you know, she swings and hits the stove twice and then hits him in the middle of the head the third time. But you see her from behind, you see his legs twitch, right? You know, so again, it's kind of a humorous episode, right? Humorous element on that scene. So, uh, then you see it, his head, you know, with the ax in it. So, aftermath sort of stuff so but it, this episode doesn't need a whole lot of gore to carry it it's got the humor and it's got christmas stuff and it's got larry drake and it's got you know so i mean it's uh it's i'd probably give it a six because it's just not really gory but you know you don't really miss it you know the funny thing is is like uh it's almost it almost feels gorier than it is maybe it's because uh Larry Drake's, you know, Santa, he's covered in blood and stuff, right? Like he's yeah, nasty, looking, you know, like, so maybe in your mind, you're thinking like, oh yeah, that was a gory episode. But then in yeah. reality, you know, it's, eh, it's not much. Yeah. Better, the, you know? the implication, the implied gore is more than what you actually see, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess that'll pretty much wrap it up here for this episode. William, we, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, you pulled this episode. I think it was a perfect little, uh, Christmas nugget here on Christmas day for the listeners. Um, we encourage you to go track down the episode on YouTube or wherever else you need to, you know, go buy the DVD, whatever, go check this episode out. It's a really good one. And, uh, yeah. This- yeah and, and we appreciate it. So w- is there anywhere that people can find you on the internet if they're looking for your, for your work or just to uh, get in contact with you? Um, I have my, um, uh, my page on, uh, on Facebook under Andy Beauvais and, um, my vampire book is, um, the first of my vampire trilogy is on Amazon. And I have um, a couple of anthologies that I've been in that are also uh, able to be found on Amazon. And it's all under uh, William Beauvais. And I have an, uh, an empath book, which is my only uh, nonfiction book to date um, that's also on Amazon. And it's called uh, Empath, the, uh, the Sensitive Human. And my vampire book is called Once Upon a Grave. There you go. And it's, it's William Beauvais, 
B-O-V-E. So you looked that up on Amazon. You should be able to find some of those books, right? Yep. The um, um, Amazon doesn't um, toss any of uh, an author stuff away. So there's two different printings of the book. One will say out of print because my uh, original publisher no longer exists. And there is another one um, that is in print. So if they go on there, um, just hit filter and hit books and it'll come up with two results. And the most current one, for it'll say paperback. That's the one. Awesome. Well, we'll, we will all do that. We encourage our listeners to go do that. And, uh, William, thanks for picking this. Thanks for coming on the show, man. And, uh, don't be a stranger. Maybe at some point we'll have you back on and we'll do another episode or do another movie or something. I would love that. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. I really like this. This was really cool. Yeah, Awesome. All right. Enjoyed it. Well, uh, next week here on the spook show, we begin the new year, literally on January 1st, because, you know, our new episodes come out every Monday at 6 p.m. East, wherever you get your podcast and on our YouTube channel. And we're starting off the new year with a look back on 2023. We're, we're going to be talking about uh, the year that was horror in 2023 and what we loved, what we didn't like. So we'll go through all that next week. So for Donnie and Will, who couldn't be with us, Tiana and the Professor Smoke, I'm Josh. We are the All-American Spook Show. And we'll talk to you next week.